0: Satan cannot harm the believer who does not choose to harm himself.
1: Did you understand what you just heard? That was Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And just in case those words didn't really register...
0: Say it again, it's important. Satan cannot harm the believer who does not choose to harm himself. When we fail to watch and
1: pray, like Peter did, then Satan has some freedom. The Apostle Paul had some very direct things to say to the believers in Colossae in his epistle to the Colossians. And Pastor Leighton Sheely, senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, has some very important and direct things to say to us as he helps us study this book verse by verse.
0: Verse 11, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, remember that this teaching that was threatening the Colossian church was was several things: it was Oriental mysticism, astrology, philosophy, and Jewish legalism. So evidently, there were some who were teaching new converts that they had to submit to circumcision and obeying the Old Testament laws. And the idea is this: if, if you if you're circumcised, then then you're you you you're, you're more spiritual. And if you uh, keep the Old Testament laws, you're more spiritual and if you do certain things according to your diet you're more spiritual and if you keep attention to these special days on the calendar special festivals you're more spiritual and eventually you keep this up you'll become one of the spiritual elite and you know there are people today in the church that believe that there's a spiritual elite Well, i do this and i don't do this so i'm better than you i'm part of the spiritual elite Newsflash, there is no spiritual elite. Now Jewish males were circumcised as a sign of their covenant with God, but with the death of Christ, bodily circumcision is no longer needed to be identified as God's people. Paul here explains that all believers are circumcised, but not with a circumcision done by hands. Only Christ could perform this operation. It's not a physical operation, it's a spiritual operation. And Paul made it clear that Christians are not subject in any way to the Old Testament legal system and it doesn't do us any good spiritually anyway. Christ is sufficient. Did I mention that? I just wanted to make sure because that's what Paul keeps trying to get across to us. Christ is sufficient. Verse 12, "...having been buried with Him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Warren Wiersbe wrote, Paul used the illustration of baptism and in the New Testament the word baptize has both a literal and a figurative meaning. The literal meaning is to dip, to immerse. The figurative meaning is to be identified with. So for example, the Jewish nation was baptized into Moses, that's in quotes, when it went through the Red Sea, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, there was no water involved in this baptism because they went over on dry land. They walked on dry land. But in this experience, the nation was identified with Moses. Paul used the word baptism in a figurative sense in this section of his letter to the Colossians. When a person is saved, he is immediately baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So as the water closes over a person's head, it's as if he died And then when he comes up out of the water, it's as if he is risen to new life, new life with Christ. And not only that, but it also symbolizes our future bodily resurrection. Believers' faith is in the power of God that raised Christ from the dead, and that same power will someday raise us from the dead as well. Now, I've got a question for you, and the question is this Have you been baptized? Because if you're a believer and you've not been baptized, you need to get baptized. You need to do it to be obedient. And baptism is a public profession that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've not been baptized, you need to make it happen. Verse 13, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses." all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Fascinating passage. Uh, Colossians, I'll remind you, is one of the prison epistles. So it's one of the letters that were written by Paul when he was in prison. They were all written close together. Ephesians is uh, another one. And there's a passage in Ephesians Ephesians, that's very close to this. It reads, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, Ephesians chapter 2 death describes separation from God and the condition is caused by sins and the uncircumcision of their sinful nature. Now sins are the actual acts of rebellion against God and the sinful nature speaks of our permanent state of disobedience. So both our actions and our nature are mentioned here. In order to defeat death, God made us alive. In order to deliver us from sin, he made us alive with Christ. Alive with Christ. Being alive with Christ means that we no longer under sin's dominion. And the word this, and it's referring to canceling the record of debt with its legal cement, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. The penalty of sin and its power over believers was miraculously destroyed by Christ on the cross. When he shed his blood for sinners, he canceled the huge debt. It was against sinners because we broke God's law. Now, in Bible days, financial records were kept on parchment and the writing could be washed off. The reason for that is twofold. First off, parchment was expensive. Secondly, the ink that they used didn't have the acids like it does today, so it doesn't leach into the paper, so it could be uh, wiped off. Notice here that it doesn't say canceling the debt. It says canceling the record of the debt. He didn't just put a line through it, he wiped it clean. The word for record of debt is autograph, but it has a technical meaning. It was used to describe a legal note hand-signed by a debtor acknowledging a debt. It would be like our IOU, a hand-signed note signed by someone who is acknowledging a debt. Now, notice, the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, if we acknowledge our IOU, then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But there's a warning in the next verse. If we say we have not sinned, We call him, make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So we cannot enjoy salvation until and unless we acknowledge our IOU. Now, how can God who is just, just cancel a debt like that? I mean, if a judge set free someone who was guilty, they would cheapen the law, and they would leave the injured party without any means of restitution. That would not be a just judge. How is it then that God is just? He is just because God paid the debt for sin when He gave His Son on the cross and thereby upheld the holiness of His law. You see, what God did was take all of our sin, our iniquity, and laid it on Jesus. Through the Old Testament prophet Isaiah God spoke, saying, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. God laid on Jesus the indictment and penalty of the sin of us all who carried it to the cross, and it was nailed to the cross. The meaning of this verse is so well captured in that great old hymn, It is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Oh, my soul! And then he continues describing the supremacy of Christ over all. Verse 15, "...he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him." Now, when you think of this, the death of Christ looked like Satan had been victorious. They took Christ, they dragged him through the city, they triumphed over him, they put him on parade, they openly exposed him to shame, and they did it while he was naked, they stripped him and while they were gloating thinking that they had won actually god was doing it to them they didn't win they lost thoroughly completely totally permanently it says jesus disarmed the powers and authority the word there is stripped and it's used to describe a victorious army stripping the defeated army of their weapons. Why? So they can't fight anymore. Jesus stripped the enemy of their ability to fight. Satan cannot harm the believer who does not choose to harm himself. Say it again, it's important. Satan cannot harm the believer who does not choose to harm himself. When we fail to watch and pray like Peter did, then Satan has some freedom. Now when we consider these pictures of spiritual progress, we can see how a growing Christian can easily defeat the enemy and not be led astray if spiritual roots are deep in Christ we're not going to want any other soil if Christ is our sure foundation we're not going to be moved if we are studying and growing the word of God we will not be easily enticed by false doctrine and if our hearts are overflowing with thanksgiving we are never even going to consider giving up the treasure that we have in Christ our Savior and Lord a grounded Growing, grateful believer will not
1: be led astray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Leighton Sheely is taking us through the book of Colossians, and uh, we'll continue on Monday. I hope you can join us at this same time. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And there is a ministry website for this broadcast at studyversebyverse.com that's studyversebyverse.com you can join with us as a financial partner you can give safely there on that website and you can also share with us the fact that you listen to the broadcast again that's studyversebyverse.com this being Friday I'll remind you that there are multiple services across the weekend at Church of the Highlands One service on Saturday evening, four services on Sunday morning, and a final service on Sunday evening. All those details are on the website at highlands.us. Have a great weekend, and join us on Monday if you can when we'll again study verse by verse.